the marketing guru of television himself, Jim Thomas. There you go. In the flesh. What have been your favorite uh, evolutions in the marketing space since you started? Do you have any like favorite things that you're like, ooh, that was a game changer for me? Hmm. Um, I have loved uh, looking, benefit of looking back now on uh, especially several milestones. 2007, obviously the smartphone came in and uh, put power in everybody's hands, um, but we didn't really know what we had then uh, as consumers and, and as marketers because that hadn't matured at all yet. Social media was really young. But I, th I think, uh, you know, 2012 24 to 2014, when uh, people were starting to get their um, uh, bandwidth was starting to become uh, widely, more widely spread, at least in the office, and people were starting to have more wants and needs. And then as social media kicked off in for 2014 to about 2018, became much more valuable to people and also much more valuable to brands because they could talk to people one-on-one -on -one and learn about them, learn about their habits, learn about their consumption patterns. I mean, those are real milestones. And now um, with what you all are doing and, uh, and others, uh, tremendous, tremendous opportunity. Like first off, everything he just said is 100% on Jim Brand, uh, right down to the, I've, the, in 2007, the phone changed it. But here's the thing. You've been saying that since then. I've known you to say it since 2013 or 2012, whatever it is when we started interacting. Uh, Jim has been my boss, mentor, friend, uh, guy I annoy, uh, all of these things. Like, Jim, you've been saying the same thing over and over. How hard is it? You've, you've done the GM role, corporate marketing role. Uh, you've been a consultant who travels around for tons of stations. You have media publications that are using you right now as a marketer. How good is the TV industry or old media, as you just called it, at learning how to not die? Well, I think that the TV business uh, is watching uh, or has watched uh, print I mean, there was some there was some cross ownership, limited cross ownership uh, between print and uh, and broadcast, traditional broadcast uh, companies, but for the most part uh, they were separate. But um, you know, beginning to watch print slowly die and try to make a transition to digital, uh, many broadcasters said, "Well, that's what we don't want to be." Um, you know, we don't want to uh, allow the business to deteriorate our relationship with consumers to, to, to deteriorate enough that, that uh, they find us to be uh, not valuable, irrelevant at worst, uh, and, and maybe uh, unnecessary probably is the worst um, uh, because uh, there's, there's a want and need for news. I mean, we're talking on a, on a fairly substantial worldwide news day today yeah. um, that uh, you know, sees the first uh, conflict in Europe since World War II, um, uh, pretty pretty big day, and yet uh, you know people still want news. Um, it's just a matter of who they're going to get it from, and which is fragmented so much today. And again, back to my holding up the smartphone. Um, 
you know, I, I work with a, with a client right now that uh, 80% of the people who consume their news product do it on their smartphone. And that's a fundamental difference uh, for having to build relationships with consumers today and, and trying to find out how can I super serve them as a media company. And it's something that broadcasters really are not used to. I mean, we broadcasters, I used to say we because I spent a lot of time there, uh, used to be one voice to thousands, millions, if you were talking worldwide or, or a uh, market-wide audience sometimes. And, um, and you know, it, it wasn't that long ago that that was really, really uh, effective. And television stations still have viability. It's just you can't uh, decide on a Monday that uh, you're going to reset the attitude of a marketplace by starting an advertising campaign on Friday and expect it by Sunday everybody knows about it. That just does not happen anymore. I mean, so there's still arguments for reach and frequency and the need to consistently put a message in front of people, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you still, uh, there's still lots of eyeballs uh, watching television stations. uh, But, you know, in in, uh, the 90s, even early 2000s, you could conceivably find consumers out there um, who were watching not just television news, but the same station for television news three or four times a week. Same station at the same time, yep. three or four times a week. Today, if you ask consumers, well, how much, how often do you watch local television news? They might say, I watch one, I watch any station I can get my, I can happen to be at a TV station for mm-hmm. once a week or once a month. So loyalty is not as certainly not as highly valued by the consumer it needs to be really valued by the uh by the broadcast uh and media companies because um that's how you're going to uh, continue to have relationships with people um and uh, consumers really have said that you know it's it's a little bit of uh sameness out there what do you think like you know, not meant to be a leading question because I think we have this conversation a lot too, but like, what should news companies be doing? Like, especially traditional broadcasts, right? Because I think it's it's reasonable to suggest that like, I don't know, there is still something to be said about like the behavior, even if it's just reflexive to like, in times like this, to sit down, turn on the TV, sit down and tune into you know, whatever that rectangle. brand is, but like, how do outside of those like moments of like chaos, what, what should brands be doing and what is the, what's the disconnect? Why, like, how do they get more of these people and build that brand loyalty so that, you know, there's everyday viewership as opposed to just crisis viewership? Sure. It's, it's a serious challenge um, for organizations, uh, media companies, and you see lots of uh, people trying to aggregate uh, consumers' loyalty across platforms. Um, you know, find, them, find us on, our, on the mobile app we've, uh, we've built for you, find us on our uh, mobile website, uh, look for us on social media, and when you're available, come back to the uh, traditional platform that uh, you paid maybe a thousand dollars for and popped it on the wall. 
Um, but the, the challenge is um, you have to constantly be uh, learning more about your consumers and changing with their wants and needs because they truly have the power now to decide when their when their news cycle starts in the morning are they going to watch that big that big flat panel on the wall or the and usually it's this panel they pick up their phone and uh and they don't go to a news station they go to uh probably a social media site or a uh a chat that uh, they have with six friends who they depend on or or trust for uh keeping them informed on what's going on I just opened my eyes. What's going on this morning? And their their six friends uh, have are already chatting about it, and, and that's where their news cycle starts. I did a focus group uh, not long ago, a few years back. We were specifically asking morning news viewers, um, "What are you um, uh, when you get up in the morning?" And these people said, first screen I look at is is my mobile phone," and uh, and and we said so. What are what do you what do you look at? What are the apps you look at? And I distinctly remember uh, one uh, young gentleman, uh, probably 25, 28 years old. He held up his phone and he said, I have 25 news apps in one folder, and that's where I start my news cycle. And uh, and he said, and you know, are the local stations in this particular market in there? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that that's the first place I go. I go where I think uh, the, the best news is. And uh, so I, he, had a, he had a pattern, obviously, and lots of people have those patterns. So building loyalty is going to be really important to uh, broadcast, um, formerly core broadcast companies, now media companies that have to find consumers no matter where they uh, are consuming news. Um, and uh, in doing that, you have to learn more about them and do the things that it takes to please them on those I, platforms. I think like the, the thing you're saying that I focus on is the loyalty to our product is gone, partially because we just sort of were okay with being the only thing there. And we thought that the loyalty would stay. We didn't up our loyalty game. We didn't right. give new metrics. We didn't, I mean, I, I'm not saying that new metrics haven't come out. I'm not saying that TV advertising is dumb if you don't use a flow code, but I am saying the metrics didn't line up the promise to the people who are on the other side of it. It was more talking at, not talking to. Right. Uh, here's what I'm telling you, not here's what I'd like to give you. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, there's a, I think you're hundred percent right, but I think the loyalty part is a, ball that our industry dropped and right. thankfully we get to pick up again now uh i mean we've been talking since gosh i remember watching chase jarvis live when we were launching that uh oh what was it that micro site at that place we worked right and we were launching this micro site about marketing and all these things that we were going to do and chase jarvis live which is always recorded in black and white for some reason he was just talking to people about how to be better and like i think this is right around the time i became a big fan of casey neistat but also gary v gary vaynerchuk from vaynermedia and he talked about not understanding and this is 
uh, Gary's thing is like, I trade in being right all the time, right? Even in the mm -hmm. long game. Sure. But, you know, in our loyalty, uh, in our measurement, in how we deliver, have we lost something with GRP and impressions? You know better than I do because I've always been confused by it. But like, what's the lay of that land? Well, GRPs were uh, sort of the uh, measurement that was available at the time. Uh, and uh, for years and years and years, if you, uh, if you looked at the definition of what you were getting in that either in that rating book, a physical book or the online ratings, uh, they were called audience estimates. And uh, to the best of their ability, um, Nielsen, Arbitron for radio, but uh, let's talk Nielsen for television. Um, they were giving uh, media companies, media buyers, ad agencies, um, consultants, the best sense they had for who and how many uh, people were watching in a particular market, a particular program or across the country, depending on how you wanted to slice it. Yeah. And, and for a long time, that was that was sufficient that was it made sense okay it was a it was a measurement system better than nothing that's right better than a guess yeah and there was some effectiveness like it's not like someone said gross rating points are are the way to go and we just made it up like people were advertising against gross rating points right they were getting results right it uh, prioritized the show that they know were watched the most but like It just, were, it's, we're, we're past it. I, we're not past measuring in any given way that we can measure, but it feels like we have new ways to do that now. And well, I, I think you're, you're spot on. The, the challenge uh, now is um, consumers are moving uh, almost in real time and uh, businesses and media companies and media buyers, businesses uh, who, uh, you know, try to uh, either buy or sell advertising to reach consumers um, want to have the best data available that uh, gives them a sense of what are consumers doing? How are they consuming media? And, and that's not the measurement of what's up here. That's mm -hmm. the measurement of what they're actually doing. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there's an argument certainly to be made, um, spent too much time reading research to, uh, to, realize, to not acknowledge that you have to also understand what people think that happens be between their temples. But sometimes their behavior does not match up with what they think between their temples. So that's why uh, businesses and organizations have to still develop a brand, still figure out what do they how what do they actually mean to consumers and then how do you reach them reaching them is the challenge today and that's that's where i see uh, companies like flowcode uh, having a tremendous opportunity to help uh, media companies businesses um, understand what is that behavior point that people are using right now um, because you you can have a meaning in in between their temples but if their behavior means that, um, well, you're not available when I need you, Mr. Or Ms. Uh, news operator. Um, so I'm going to watch the news on my smartphone from uh, the next available 
best information available at the real time need that I have right now. And, and so that's the challenge I think that uh, media companies face and businesses face in trying to understand if I wanna reach consumers and motivate them, because actually, I mean, motivating them to come into my business and buy something or to come back around or consume my news content on any platform you pick it, mm-hmm. they're gonna to have to uh, figure out what, why, what are they doing and why are they doing it? That, I mean, we were in this conversation earlier, I'm sure it's gonna end up on the podcast where what was Christopher saying, Megan? Like, I'm worried that everyone's going to just put a QR code on their spot. Yeah, just like we're going to end up desensitized to it. And... But like the thing that gets me excited about it, it's not the QR code on the spot. It's okay, we put this QR code here with an intention to do this and then this right. and then that. Like, we're going to mark it against them. We're going to bring them back to the big rectangle by pushing to the app we just got them to download. I mean, there's a lot there and it's not like we're gonna unpack it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe one of us should disagree just so that we have a contentious moment, but we (laughs) we don't need to. Well, I think the the real challenge with uh, putting a QR code on anything is um, you have to have, uh, you have to have the value proposition correct. because otherwise I'm not scanning that code. Um, And there was a lot of press uh, recently about the, uh, you know, 60 seconds of QR code in the Super Bowl. And I think I saw roughly about 40% of the people who who saw it admitted that they scanned it, a humongous number. Um, And and so the the challenge will be, can you really do, can you ever do that a second time? Right. Uh, because some people who scanned it were came away and said, hmm, I'm disillusioned by my experience after that. Yep. Um, and, uh, and some people wanted the information and uh, thought, okay, well, I, I didn't know how to even go to find Coinbase, and now I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. Back before you put the QR code on the screen is, what's the value that you're going to give to people in exchange for scanning that code. Because if, if it's not, doesn't meet their expectations, it's just like a newscast that doesn't have value when they show up. It's just like the app that, that crashes when people open it. Yep. If the value on the back end isn't right, then they won't be back to scan that QR code, especially if they know it's your brand. Nope, last time I went there, wasn't enough which I guess brings us to the point of, shoot, you better make sure your, your QR provider is stable enough not to crash your, your site or, you know, you should probably have like a nice branded content experience on it. There's a whole lot of, I could throw in a whole lot of flow code pitches here. No, you're absolutely right, Megan. Uh, but that, those are the things that people are going to expect. Well, it's all, about, it's all about user experience. And we're in this very interesting phase right now where it's like, okay, everybody's known what a QR code is just kind of by default. Like we've seen QR codes around and we understand, you know, up until to a certain point, it was like, oh, okay, this is something vaguely uh, technical and mechanical that has nothing to do with me. And then COVID happened and suddenly QR codes were 
everywhere. And now we're in the phase where it's like, okay, everybody knows what a QR code is, knows how to use it. And now it's the response of doing it on TV. And now is arguably the most important time of making sure that those QR experiences are positive because this is still such a learning moment, you know? And if people are, are, you know, we're suddenly inundated with bad QR experiences, it's like, oh my gosh, what is that gonna do to, you know, the consumer experience around QR and TV? I don't know, I'm, I, I'm like interested in understanding that because I am too. I'm, I'm right there with you um, because it's, and, and it goes beyond, like you were describing, goes beyond that first experience because clearly if you're, if you're a media company or any business and, and people were kind enough to scan your code because they have some, they have some interest in it, um, it's what you do with that next that can take a step toward loyalty and, and, and then the third step and the fourth step and the fifth step where each one of those interactions, people feel like they're not being taken advantage of, but getting value for it. And then that, that builds the uh, awareness even higher of QR codes and what they can do for me as a consumer. Do we want to just talk, Megan, you have the most recent experience with uh, like consuming Gary V content. Yeah. Talk a little bit about just in like the last day, what you've learned and what you thought was interesting about him and his approach. Cause, and then Jim, if you just want to talk about seeing him at South by Southwest and his change. Mm-hmm. Cool. I just, I think the thing that really struck me so much, and I know that we touched on this earlier, so I'm sorry if this is just me repeating it, but you know, he had this really uh, powerful statement about like looking around and realizing as a content creator, like how much of what you put into the world is, is driven by your own ego. And like, it's not necessarily about what's functional or what value you offer to the consumer, but a lot of the messaging that we, we put out is because we're not very good at taking ourselves out of our own shoes. Um, and, you know, a lot of what he was saying in this content that we were, that I was reading earlier is, you know, um, Yeah. And I mean, it really just the idea that this puts so much of the emphasis on earning that viewership and, you know, the, the idea that you have kind of this perfect storm of like needing to earn that viewership, needing to, to have good quality content, understanding the value to your, your people. And then like kind of practically using that information, using the the information, you know, if, if in this case, it's, it's that QR scan, using that information to continually optimize and, and kind of moving forward. And, and he had this, this phrasing about, um, you know, how up until this point with media or up until like, I mean, I guess this is kind of the way that it resonated with me is like up until this point with media, we've been uh, kind of calling the score based on a made up set of rules, you know, looking at things like Nielsen and Comscore and all of these measurement tools that I feel like have been a vague suggestion at best. And then you have the ego about the content creation and all of this. And then, and, and then what, you know, like, how are you even measuring this in any real sense of the, of the word? And then, you know, all of a sudden enter, enter the concept of QR on TV, enter flow code, and you suddenly have the measurement tool that is literally, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to force creators to take the ego out of the equation because people are either going to scan or they're not. You're going to immediately understand again, that value of like, what is the value that we provide that encourages a user to engage? And 
and changing the rules, making better decisions, being more efficient about where you're placing your money, about how you're buying media and all of this based on the results that you're getting. It's like a real world way of understanding people that are interacting with you and like really holding brands and creators accountable for like what that experience is and, and, and earning that viewership. I don't know, Nick, is that where you were? That's what yeah. I was like, that was really resonating with me with, with him. I mean, that's, that's just it. Like we started this conversation. We're talking about how, like, we didn't change to, uh, you know, keep the loyalty and am I wrong, Jim? Gary V is all about adapt and evaluate, adapt and evaluate in a way that I think our, the industry that we've worked in for a long time and actually care about and want to do well, but he's been pretty consistent on that messaging. Yeah, no question. I mean, he's living proof of it because here's, here's a person who, when, <clears throat> when he stepped out from his, uh, his family business in New Jersey and into, uh, I'd like, you know, I, he, he went in, he was a YouTuber before it was cool um, with, uh, you know, wine, uh, wine TV. Um, and, uh, and, and that, that really got him to thinking, look, if I can grow this business, I can grow other businesses. And, and as I've watched him, you got to admire him because uh, he's evolved as well as, as consumers have evolved and uh, some of the media platforms and, and, uh, and devices we talked about earlier. Um, Gary V has, has uh, just watching him, I mean, he's gone from, I'm a, I'm a brash, I have to break through because uh, that's, that's how I am, to I'm, I'm now listening and understanding more than I ever have in my life because I'm getting data back. I'm getting feedback in real time from people. And, uh, and today, I mean, you think about how in the last four or five years, uh, Megan, you described it, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we were forced to really uh, get get uh, efficient with QR codes if we wanted to eat in many cases uh, during the <laughs> pandemic. Um, and, uh, and so now, um, in addition to data that doesn't have to be looked at as that's an estimate, because you can actually have cold, hard numbers of how many people, how many impressions that you have in the last day, last hour, last month, pick your, pick your uh, topic to something that uh, like you all are working on, which is put a spot on or put a piece of piece of content on inside a newscast, and you can find out in the last minute if people have uh, interest in it. And, and then you're armed with how are we going to reshape or shape our next message with the information we've just we've just gathered. It's it's real time optimization for traditional media. Yeah. It really just, is. It's really incredible. Yeah. Like the the end all be up. There's, I mean, just a couple of thoughts. Like Gary V, first on TikTok. Gary V, first on YouTube, first on Facebook, still hasn't sold his Facebook stock, which Meta, whatever it's called. Uh, first on Instagram, and he's got serious receipts on saying how much uh, the purchase of Instagram was undervalued at a billion dollars, I think. Oh. And, and like, he's still cashing in on that. And rightfully so. It's proved itself to be worth what it was bought for and more. Mm -hmm. uh, but now my question is, can we convince Gary V to run television ads because flow code is an option that 
makes it into a platform that suddenly gives the data he's been using in all those other places. Yeah. Well, I think it's certainly worth the conversation. Um, I think it was Digiday. I was reading one of their uh, publications earlier today, and they were talking uh, in there about how um, uh, brands are considering becoming, uh, looking to find ways to uh, create loyalty uh, spaces for their consumers because, uh, you know, just like think of, if you think of it in a brick and mortar sense, people would walk into a, the Nike store um, uh, many years ago because that was a place they felt like there's comfort in there because I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. And, and if you're creating a virtual environment or, or the environment where uh, people can now do that uh, online or uh, with a scan and they can uh, you know, opt in to an experience, um, that, that's a way for brands in the future, media or any other, to build, build a loyalty environment that they can uh, foster and sustain and have, have a community providing them that direct feedback uh, that Gary V found as he dove wholeheartedly into the platforms that were that were developed, and and it's it's amazing to me to watch how that uh, that that uh, brands are finding a way um, to to think past the next even the next year two years three years to look at it and say we've got to start cultivating this audience this consumer base and treat them uh, very uh, very kindly. Um, in giving them information and treating them specially when they deserve it. Surprise and delight, right? Like there are these opportunities for like, I don't know. I think that's one of the things that I, that I'm so in love with Floco about is like, you know, it, it, the, the tech, the concept is simple and elegant, right? Like mm -hmm. it, it makes sense. QR mm -hmm. on TV. Great. Love it. Um, you know, the, the ability to have it be more than, than that scan, I think is really, um, something that like, I'm excited to see brands do more of this right. is like, really like, how do you, you know, because I think that's the other thing is like, we're so surrounded by mobile experiences and everything is very, like, there still needs to be some level of differentiation, even in this like new space. And I, I just the ability to like turn a scan into a into a game or into a an, an enjoyable shoppable experience or like something like that. I just think there are so many opportunities for, you know, really creating a little bit of buzz around some of these kind of like, you know, looking at media in particular, you know, you, you have local news and it just seems kind of like stuffy and dusty because it's, you know, old, it's old media. But like the idea of it becoming like an exciting and interesting thing for for like everybody is just such an exciting possibility. We can well and people. I'm sorry, Nick. Go ahead. No, no. I, I was just going to say uh, we can close it out on like we were very nice to Gary V. Like in this right, but he also a few years ago said that brands need to stay away from QR codes because too much room for trickery. We solved for that problem. Dude was wrong. Well, thankfully he was wrong. And, and I, I think part of it was that, that uh, happy accident uh, 
little pandemic came along and people had to learn to trust them to get food yeah. um, or, or other types of services. And, and I mean, look, I'm sure that you all are just dreaming up uh, other ways to use uh, QR codes and uh, how flow code will help brands and media companies uh, use them going forward. But the, the thing for me always is, it's not, it has, it has to go beyond the scan. Um, and, um, Agreed. you know, when I talk to, um, when I talk to anybody, media company or business, and, and, uh, you know, it's that whole experience. And you and I said this many times to businesses and all over the country, Nick, when we were consulting them, it's value. And you have to be specific about what it's going to be, what I'm going to get as a consumer. And it has to reflect the brand I already have. Again, what am I, what's my impression of you going in? And if I, if I think that you're uh, not, um, you know, it's, it's a brand that doesn't bring that kind of experience and you try to say, well, just if you scan this code, you're going to get it. I may not scan it because I don't, uh, I don't have that point of reference. So there'll be some brand building in the future. There'll be some uh, real-time uh, study of uh, how consumers are interacting with those brands. And I think there'll be some value created for both sides using QR codes. Jim, if uh, someone wants to make a spot using these methodologies that we're talking about, we don't make spots, but do you know anyone who helps in marketing efforts for businesses? Yeah, brands? thanks. I could certainly help them with that. Um, and you can reach out to me at JT at Jim Thomas Media, and uh, we can have a conversation. I think I have to ask what it was like to be Nick's boss. Is just, we can circle back to it. We don't have to do it right now, but got to know.